What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Pagan, and welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. Do me a favor, hit that thumbs up underneath the video, subscribe on the podcast, subscribe whether you're listening on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Let's bring on Kevin Kincaid, the leader of Q Gannon, and then we also have to bring on Ant San Francisco calling in live right outside of wherever the San Francisco 49ers play. How's Kyle Shanahan doing out there in Northern California there, and San Francisco? Uh, yeah, it feels like Northern California where I am right now. It's a little chilly. Uh, I decided to sit outside and thought it would be a nice day, and it's a lot cooler than I thought it would be. So, yeah, a little, little chill here. In, uh, I'm down in Savannah, Georgia, actually, so it's a little, little, little nippy. But I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have your Brock Purdy jersey on. Come on now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're Big Come J. You're Big J. You're right. You're Big J. There you go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You go. I'm looking forward to this conversation just because I knew we'd be here. I've yeah. been saying it for months that this was going to be the game that we were going to be talking about. And, and I'm thrilled that we're finally going to have it. We had you on like a month, month and a half ago. I think actually Kev might not been here. I think he had. I think he had one of his seventeen sinus infections. Yeah, um, that he. No, that it he, was the same one. It was just one sinus <laughs> infection. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I think, and you were the first one to put me on to like the 49ers. Like, watch out for the 49ers. Watch out for the 49ers. Now, at that time, Jimmy G was the quarterback of the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, now it's Brock Purdy, and they're still a finely tuned machine. Obviously, you saw the Eagles beat down the Giants this weekend. And then the 49ers struggle with the Cowboys. I'll be, tell, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I'm not worried in the slightest about this weekend. I don't know why. I don't know how. I'm getting a little bit of, you know, 38-7 NFC Championship vibes. I mean, very good team. A lot better team than that, that Vikings team. But I want to ask you, are you, uh, you a little worried about your boys? You know, after we're blowing out people and they're, uh, and they're you know, hanging tough with Dallas? I, let's be honest. Dallas played a great defensive game. Like you watched that game. Dallas played a great defensive game. Their problem, Dallas's problem was their offense and Dak. I mean, that was that was where the issue was for the Cowboys. But they played a great defensive game. They showed why everybody thought that they were going to have a really good defense all year, and they were a little inconsistent at times, but they brought it against the 49ers. Um, and yet <laughs> the 49ers still found a way to win. So, like the whole thing that, you know, and I know Kevin smartly put up um post up earlier this week where he's saying you know, all the people are saying Brock Purdy's not going to be able to come into the link. He's not going to be able to deal with the with the hostile environment and showing that, oh, yeah, the guys played in hostile environments before might have been in college. But don't don't for a second think that those environments aren't hostile because you they think, are. You think those big 12 crowds are anything like what he's going to see on Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. I think they're, I think they're comparative. I mean, Philly might be a little bit different in a sense because it's 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 just means more here than anywhere else but it's it's even i mean a lot of time in a lot of cases it might even be worse because there's a bunch of drunk college kids right i mean making a lot of noise Who, who's louder of, drunk college kids or drunk uh fathers from delco <laughs> So that's, that's why I said it's going to be a little bit different. I mean it's going to be a, he might hear different things than maybe he heard in those in those uh college stadiums but the fact of the matter is is he already faced his he already faced a challenge last week and he wasn't great but he did enough to win because he has a lot of great talent around him and that's the whole argument that i've been making about the 49ers and and i i told you guys i was concerned at first when purdy came in once garoppolo went down I'm like you can't win with a third string quarterback it's just not going to happen and he's decent enough 
I'm not elevating him to Joe Montana level here, but he's decent enough to manage the game without making mistakes and let the talent around him play well. Look, I think this is going to be a really close, low-scoring, hard-hitting game, and it's going to come down to the final drive one way or the other. It's the two best teams, in my mind, in football. In football, Cincinnati's playing great right now, and I think the Bengals are going to be in the Super Bowl. They're going to beat Kansas City, and they're going to be back in the Super Bowl again. And they got—they're a little bit of a on a mission team, but I think the talent on both of these two teams are better than Cincinnati, better than Kansas City, and in my mind, whoever wins this game wins the Super Bowl. Here's uh-huh. here's let me refine the uh, the atmosphere, whatever thing, right? I think that Brock Purdy has played in high stakes big games before in college especially um but i don't think the the atmosphere in those games is going to match the atmosphere that he's going to see here i mean this guy's played in a big 12 title game he's played in the fiesta bowl he played notre dame and clemson on neutral fields right so he's not like it's not that he hasn't played in big games before. he's played in big games before but i don't think that those college fans um like I said, on Tuesday, I've been to Texas and Oklahoma, so I can at least speak to those. They don't have like the mongrel part of the fan base that we That's have. That's what's Mon- different. Mongrel, of course, yes. being a term of endearment, right? You know, they don't they don't <laughs> always the, they don't have the extra gear, you know. That like if, if Pagan went down and did man on the street uh with Craig and like uh Norman, <laughs> there would be no material left over from it because they would just be inviting him to, to tailgates and they would just be, you know, way too cordial for it. So he's played he played big games, but I don't think he's he's gonna he's experienced any kind of environment like this before. It was like I was saying the other day, I think like people have this misnomer where it's like they because the vet was so rowdy back in the day. The link is not the vet. The link is tame compared to what the vet was, but of course, you know. And then even that said, it doesn't mean that the yeah. link is not a hard place to come in and play. Just because it's not the vet doesn't mean it's hard to. Not and I don't want to. And I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I was one of the people who talked about just how crazy it was for the Phillies, right? For Red October and 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 how much of an impact that had on the on the visiting team. Yeah. But I think the difference is is that in football crowds are rabid, no matter what. So even though there is that mongrel element here in Philadelphia, that's mm-hmm. a little bit different, a little bit a little bit off, a little bit crazy lovable but crazy right um it it still is at least comparative to what other football crowds are just maybe ramped up a little bit in baseball you don't have any other city that has that anything like that kind of crowd here's a serious here's a serious question like I, i think i put this in a hot takes column like years ago but rank if you could rank the following atmospheres in just in pennsylvania how would you rank Lincoln Financial as far as most intimidating to play in or best atmosphere when it's full and rocking? Yeah, yeah. Rank Lincoln Financial Field, whatever Heinz is called now, Acrisure Stadium, yeah. and Be- and Beaver. That's a good question. That's a really good it is, question, isn't it? I don't even think I don't think Lincoln Financial Field is the most intimidating environment in Pennsylvania. I it's, hate Penn State, but man, Beaver Penn Stadium. State, Beaver Penn State, I, would, yeah. I would say Beaver Stadium one. I would yeah. I would say Beaver. Yeah. I'm I'm really torn between what's two because I think that the I think that Pittsburgh also took a step down from when they used to play football at Three Rivers to now playing at I think so too. That's that their that their veteran stadium. Yeah, I think yeah. that the, I think that the atmosphere there, and I've been to a Steelers game in both places, 
and I, I feel like they've taken a step down. But I also think Eagles have the Eagles environment, not that the fans have changed, but I think the just the environment of the vet versus the environment of the link is different. Yeah. That's yeah, all. It's also so. smaller and you can't crowd as many people in and everything. And you're not afraid of all the all the old men where, uh, waving around yellow towels. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't that doesn't really intimidate you when you're on the field, when you when you're right. when you're facing the third Terrible and nine towel. and Troy Palomalu's coming over the over the line. Um and I want to talk to you. You were talking to your buddy Kyle Shanahan all week. What's his kind of like uh, game plan? Like, how's he going to beat you know Jonathan Gannon? This they're going to they're going to have to be they're they're well they're going to try and run the ball. I mean that's what they do really well, right? And if there is a um, uh, 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 an upfront weakness with the, with the Eagles, it's it has been this year against the run. We've seen teams be able to run a little bit against them. That's not to say that they're a bad. Uh, run-stopping defense. It's just that teams have taken advantage of it at times. But he's not going to be able to run the ball completely. I mean, it's just not – you're not just going to see handoff to McCaffrey, handoff to Mitchell, you know, 40 times. But he is going to try and control the clock. And I think that that's, that's where, it, you know, the Eagles' defense is going to have to be important if they're going to win this game is they're going to have to get the ball for, for Jalen Hurts in the offense. They can't let the 49ers milk seven, eight-minute drives – and limit the offensive opportunities that the offense gets because the 49ers have that methodical they are not a big strike over the top offense they're an offense that runs the ball and and hits the tight end over the middle um they do some you know slants with with Ayuk and Debo's very kind of unique in, in what he can do so that's what they're going to try and do they're going to try and find you know, misdirection, run the ball, ball control, and limit the number of plays that the Eagles offense has and hope that their defense, which is a really good defense, number one in the league, the hope that their defense can get a few stops. And if you can and keep the score, you know, low 20s to the teens, that favors the 49ers. If you're getting in a in a high-scoring offensive race, well, that's going to favor the Eagles. How important is the defensive line? Um it, it, do you do you think is what's more important is what I want to say? You think it's uh, more of the secondary? You think it's more of the defensive line coming up this this weekend for the Eagles? Yeah, for the Eagles. Excuse me. I think it's more the linebackers. If you want my honest opinion, I think the linebackers are the most important because I mean, yeah, defensive line. You want to stuff the run, okay, fine. So the guys in the middle, um, but Purdy doesn't drop back and sit back and wait and wait and wait. He's getting he's going to try and get the ball out quick. So yeah, you want to get a pass rush, but you also and this is where Gannon's defense actually, you know, and I criticized him at times before, but I think his defense works a little bit against San Francisco in the sense that you don't need to blitz Purdy, right? You just don't because he's going to get the ball out quick. So wasting wasting time to go man-to-man and have a guy get open would not be conducive. You know, here and there, if you want to try one, fine. But I, I, I don't think it's a good idea to be a blitzing team against San Francisco. So... um so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be important for the line to play their game, but I really do think it's going to be those linebackers covering backs out of the back. Don't forget, 49ers have a fullback who can catch the ball, too, in Kyle Juszczyk, yeah. right? So they they bring so many different looks and so many different things, and everything's short and in the middle of the field or just to the outside the hash marks. I think that if the Eagles are going to beat the 49ers, it's going to be get them – don't let their offense get uh, long drives and, and try and t- the best you can take away – Kittle take away the backs out of the backfield take away those short passes um you're not going to see a lot of, I don't think you're going to see a lot on the outside I really don't I think Slay and, and Brad and Bradbury are going to have kind of a quiet game in, in, in a sense because I don't think they're going to be targeting them those guys much on the outside Craig do you still have that graphic there if you can pull that back up 
Two quick points here. Um, I'm so sick of hearing about Kyle fucking Ushik or whatever. Dude's a fullback. Who cares? It's a gimmick. <laughs> just, just get rid of him and put a running back in there. Sick of hearing yeah. about you anti fullback, Kev? 40 Pro Bowls. He's been, oh, Kyle Ushik. He's the secret. Who gives a fuck about him? Kev, Kev you're you're the alumni of of the Owen Schmidt. You went to, with you went to school when Owen Schmidt was was throwing his fucking helmet into his uh, into his forehead. That was 15 years ago. That was 15 years ago. It wasn't like the modern day. I look at the fullback. We still use a fullback. Plus, he ran like they ran like zone read and stuff with it. He had like a 70 yard touchdown run in the Fiesta Bowl. You think Kyle Ustrick is ripping off one for 70 yards? Anyway, um, (laughs) this is Brock Purdy in the uh, divisional round game against the Cowboys to to Ant's point here. Look at all the stuff he throws in the middle of the field. You know, he's he threw two passes of 20 plus yards, uh, two attempts of 20 plus yards. Everything's like in the middle. You know, look at all the green dots within 10 yards in the center of the, the park. You know, he doesn't throw outside the hashes, really. I mean, that's just not what he is. So it's a huge game for TJ Edwards and, and whoever's in the slot. If that's CJ Gardner Johnson, like they need some speed in the middle of the field. Um, you know, I've I got no qualms about. You know, Slay and, and Bradbury and, and you know, even like Marcus Epps and Reed Blankenship at safety. They'll be OK back there. But but yeah, I mean, in the middle. Yeah, it's like you got to have some speed there. The linebackers have to have some have to be able to move. And, you know, you you've get Debo in space on like a two yard dink and dunk or something and, and watch out. You know, that's the, the problem. You know, I, I don't. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I mean, Anthony, maybe, you know, but they have to San Francisco has to be one of the best teams in the league as far as like yards after the catch um, or, or like the lowest in terms of like expect like um, it's the next gen stat that they use like air, air yardage, you know, how long the attempted pass actually was, you know, but they get a lot of chunk, chunk gains based on just scheming guys into space and making a ton of, ton, ton of room off of that, you know? So, so Ant, when you leave Kyle Shanahan's office, you walk down the hallway, you go right to D'Amico Ryan's. How's D'Amico Ryan's going to exploit Shane Spikeman this weekend? <laughs> so th- I, there is no exploiting. And and I think you you, you got to understand, I mean, the, the Eagles offense is really, really good. So it's, it's just a matter of containment, right? And so the one thing I look at the 49ers and I say, how can they contain what the Eagles do? Try and, you know, keep keep them – between the twenties, right? Play them between the twenty, you know, it's keep them in that area and then red zone them, you know, exchange, try and exchange touchdowns for field goals. Um, the advantage I think here for the four to 49 I think there are two things that they have that, that, that the Eagles have to be concerned about. One is obviously Nick Bosa is, is the defensive player of the year. And I like that matchup for Bosa against Mylotta. Doesn't have a sack this playoffs yet. I know he doesn't. People are talking. That's, that's all right, but that's okay. That's okay. He's not a fraud. He's not a fraud. We're asking. He's not a fraud. People are um, asking. Still gets a lot of good. It, it, look, it, it, pressures and and you know you know forcing bad throws and things, forcing a quarterback to run when he doesn't want to run. Th- those matter just as much as the sack, right? So Bosa gets a lot of pressure, and I think it's a good matchup. But that, even more than that, um, I think that the, the again the linebacker play for the 49ers is maybe the best linebacker play in the NFL. Fred Warner is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw the play last week against Dallas where he comes from the middle of the line yeah. looking like he's going to blitz and gets back to cover C.D. Lamb down the middle of the field, right? And just the speed that he has. So, like him, uh, Greenlaw, Dre Greenlaw, Al Shahir. So, those guys are 
are solid. I mean, they're really solid. So the Eagles are going to have to, I think, try and go over the top on the 49ers. They're going to have to try and work those corners. I think that the cornerbacks are the weakness for the uh, for the Niners. And so if the Eagles are going to are going to take advantage of the 49ers defense, you have to you have to hit AJ Brown and, and Devontae on the outside. That's the, that's where the 49ers struggle, I guess, if you want to say. I mean, they don't really struggle, but I mean, I guess that's their weakest spot defensively. So you got to you got to take the top off of them and really keep the linebackers playing back so that they don't, you know, they're not up in the up in up in your grill and stuff in the run and getting back and covering guys when they have to. That, that to me, is got to be the Eagles game plan. I call that guy uh, Lenore Rhine because <laughs> that's where my dad went to college. He went to Lenore Rhine. Can't remember what his first name is, though. Commodore? La Commodore? Lenore? What's his name? <laughs> no, it's not La Commodore. Okay. It's an <laughs> should be La Commodore. <laughs> hey, Ants, people are saying this is a revenge game for Joey Bosa because of uh, Philadelphia stealing the election in 2020. What do you, you think mean Nick, that? You mean Nick Bosa? Nick Bosa. Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa, same fucking thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Both two white defensive ends who, who played at Ohio State. Um, I'm trying to think. What else? Um, oh, who who matches up better? Like if you looked at this on paper, you looked at the Eagles lineups and you looked at the the 49ers lineups. Mm-hmm. Who would you take on paper? The Eagles have more skill on offense. I well, I shouldn't say that. You got to say that because of the quarterback. I mean, I think that that's that's got to be the biggest advantage, right? I mean, so it's not overall skill. I mean, I I think that the receivers are probably better receivers in Philadelphia. I mean, but I mean with Debo Debo does so many different things that it's almost like he's a hybrid, right? So you, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to sit there and say, compare him to the guys on the outside. Um, so hold up a sec. Hold up a sec. Let's turn this into the same exercise that we did with Cratch last week in the Giants. Let's go position by position. All right. I'll, I'll do it, Kev. Okay. Quarterback, Quarterback. is Eagles. Eagles. Running back by committee. Uh, it's, it's San Francisco. Wide receivers. Eagles in the traditional sense. Offensive line. It's Eagles, but it's it's. This is where you know. I know um, uh, Kev wants to kind of shit all over Uzcheck, but you got to kind of include include him in that blocking. Oh, scheme. he's a great blocker. He's a Pro Bowl blocker. Give him. You got to kind of include him in that. Uzcheck a trophy in Santa Clara. Yeah, know. no, it's it's it is Eagles overall. There's not so even a question. With the jersey in the rafters, but the 49ers line is not bad. All right, defense uh, tight end. That's a good one. That's a, I think that's a pretty even. Split. I mean, I wow. you know, Kittle, Kittle's been great with Purdy. He's yeah. been great with Purdy. By the um, way, I like how Kittle was pre- saying it was going to be cold and violent on I Sunday. Know, it's I not going to be cold. It'll be like fifty degrees, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like cold in, colder in yeah. Iowa in August. You know. Listen, listen. The, the weather report can change in seven days. Uh, yeah. You know. Well, well, God willing, we'll have Cecily Tynan versus Howard Eskin part two, and we can. Uh, push. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not even. Not even Glenn Hurricane Schwartz was right 100% of the time, and he's supposed to be professional. Yeah. we got to right. get Polaris on the show one of these days. We do, yeah. and then he can, he can sell us a house while, he's, while we're at it, too. Um, defensive line. Again, that's a tough one because you're going to sit there and say, oh, the Eagles led the league in sacks, which they did. But keep in mind that teams are – a lot of times teams were way behind them and had to throw a lot, right? 49ers have been in a lot more closer games and, and, and still – they, you know, have been very good on the defensive line, and it's not just about sacks. They, they're un, they're next to impossible to run against. So, I think it's pretty close. I mean, I I might even call that one a wash too. I mean, you have the defensive player of the year on San Francisco's side. I I think it's pretty even. Uh, I I couldn't pull. I couldn't sit there and say one over the other. 
Uh, Kev, right. you disagree on that or no? I mean, I think it's a wash. Yeah, you I know, think it's a I, wash. I, I, <laughs> two of the best units in the league. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't go either way with that. Yeah. Linebackers, you're giving 49ers, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah hands down. Secondary yeah. to finish it off. Probably the Eagles overall. I mean, the corners are significantly better. Um, I mean, you know, uh, I would say the, you know, if, if CJ Gardner Johnson is going to be your slot, then I think it's, it's an overwhelming. You know the corners are, are that way. If he's back at safety, I think it makes safety a little bit more even. Um, and don't forget the 49ers have a Pro Bowl safety, right? I mean, it's not like they're their safeties like, are better. Yeah, their safeties yeah. are better than their, their safeties. Their safeties are better. But if you put John Garner Johnson back there as a safety, then it's a little bit closer, right? But overall, yeah. I would say overall def- defensive backs favor the Eagles. Robbie I, Gold. Robbie Gold. Let's do the special yes. teams. Yes. Well, Robbie, Robbie Gold has never missed a, a field goal in the in the playoffs, and he's 40 years old, right? Never missed a playoff kick. Yeah. Even last week, he was kicking him from 52. Now, granted, that's you know a little bit nicer weather, but at the same time, um, a, you know, guy is solid. I mean, I yeah. again, and I I think that I, Elliot is not he's not bad. I mean, he's a good kicker. He's I don't think he's the, you know what a lot of people think he's like the greatest kicker ever. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's good. He's okay. I mean, but I, you know, I love it. Yeah, it's. I'd still take Rob. I'd still take Robbie Gold in this spot, but that's okay. It's. I don't think it's that big of a gap. And punter. Punt, the punters definitely favor 49ers because yeah, yeah. Mike sucks. Might be a clean. Might be a yeah. clean sweep here, and they've got Ray Ray McLeod versus Britton Covey. You go. Yeah. Yeah, Although McLeod did have the fumble last week. That's true. But he that's then came true. came right back. The best thing about for the 49ers, the best thing about that is, is that he has that fumble, and rather than get all pissed off at himself for it, he comes right back out, and the very next kick, he runs a 54-yard kick return right back and puts the 49ers in great field position. Yeah. So, yeah, he is an advantage over Brenton Covey. Well, Brendan McCovey can't fumble when he just uh, waves the white flag every time. Every time. Punt. He just every gets cr- – he's on the ground before he even has a chance to fumble. So, what, okay, so the last one here, we got a big uh, long snapper battle. They have Tabor Pepper <laughs> – and we've got Rick Lovato. What you see advantage? I'm going, I'm going Lovato. Lovato. I go yeah. Lovato. I go Lovato. I don't and his know anything about a great Pepper. TikToker, so he gets the advantage over there too. Yeah. Did we ever find out whose wife that was on the? It TikTok? was Rick Lovato's wife. That was his wife. Okay. Oh, the one who was drinking the twisted tea. The twisted tea. Yeah. I thought it was Dallas Goddard's girlfriend. I thought it was, and then someone. I I don't know. She, Rick Lovato's wife follows us. Maybe we'll just go right to the source one time. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little disappointed that didn't turn into a post on the website because I think you told me that you didn't really know where to go with it. I did dive into it. I spent about an hour trying to figure out. I was I was uh, cross referencing Instagram pages. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was it, TikToks. It was it just got deep, and then the blog kind of just you know took on a life of its own. And I was just you yeah. know what, this is just too much. Yeah, you, know, you got to call it. Yeah. journalist. Sometimes you know you got to go into the investigation, yeah. and you know you got to let the investigation just lie. You got to let it lie where it lies, <laughs> and I let it lie where it lies. One day we'll figure it out who that uh, yeah. who that queen was drinking the, the twisted, twisted tea. tea. The, uh, yeah, Eagles yeah, wives. wives, Eagles wives. I remember the Flyers commercials back in the day. Flyers wives fight for lives. Yeah, the Flyers oh, Wives yeah. Charity. Yeah, the Flyers Carnival or was it? They still do the Flyers Carnival, Anthony? It's coming back. Hey, that's this awesome. Year. I worked at one time for Comcast. Yeah, it's coming back this year. It's been it's been gone for the last, I guess, three seasons because of COVID. Hmm. Uh, or one of them they canceled for, they may have canceled for something else. I forget. But two of them were definitely canceled for COVID. And then, yeah. so it's coming back this year. Well, uh, they replaced in, in them March. with the, yeah, they replaced it with a Santa sack of shit for a couple of years. <laughs> and then they, now they're back to the 
Walker. I wonder Flyers if Drake fan. the Pop Star will show his face. Who who disowned his daddy? Poor disowned guy. his dad. His poor dad. Yeah. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> we got a couple minutes before uh, before Stephanie Lagrassa comes on. Grossa, 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 Grossa. Come on. Okay. Ital- it's Italian. I knew a Grosso growing up, so I thought it was I thought it was yeah, Lagrosa. But La see, Grossa. this is why we have you on, Lagrosa Kendrick. She is the uh, well, she's a one of the best survivor uh, survivor women of all time. She was on the Traders, if you've watched that, and then she's also an MLB wife of Kyle Kendrick. But what else do you want to talk about before I we get into? About, I got a topic. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the awards. I want to talk about individual awards. Um, do we feel collectively that Nick Sirianni was snubbed? From the AP. Now he won the uh what did he win? The Greasy Maxwell. Maxwell. The Maxwell. Won the Maxwell. Won the yeah. Maxwell. But you know, the AP, you know, coach of the year, he didn't even he wasn't even a finalist. So it was oh. Dable, Doug, and Shanahan, Cobb, um, Anthony's boy Shanahan. You're talking to another Maxwell Award winner on this program, too, by the way. What did you win him? What did you win for? They just gave him out in high school. And you just go to this little brunch. You'd be there for high school basketball. They would name like two guys from every team. Maxwell Club Award winners. They did it for football. They did it for basketball. I don't know if they did it for any other sports. Gave a little speech. Got some free lunch and some VFW in the middle of I couldn't even tell you. And uh, and, and went home. <laughs> what did you tell the people? What was your speech about? I don't remember what my speech was about, honestly. Um, I'll tell you what. It's, I wouldn't rank it as a significant part of my life. I appreciate the Maxwell Club. Uh, have a lot of respect for the Maxwell Club. Does a video exist? Uh, I don't think there is a video out there. But now I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, me and a million other guys, Maxwell Club Award winners, giving the Maxwell out is like, is like kind of like getting the Heisman, and then you're giving. Or no, it's like getting the MVP, and then like you're winning the AP Offensive Player of the Year. The AP Offensive Player of the Year is like Christian McCaffrey, and then the and then the MVP goes to uh, Patrick Mahomes. I never understood how they don't win both. So here's my thing. I don't have any issue with like uh, I, I, I get what is it, Anthony? They only there's only three finalists for each thing, right? So they yeah, they, yeah, they, so yeah, it doesn't they, matter. I, like I don't have I I, I was yeah, I think we said on this show there was like five or six guys who have a legit claim to to coach of the year. I, I don't have any problem with Doug winning it. I don't have any problem with Dable winning it. I don't have any problem with Shanahan or Sirianni or even Andy Reid. He wasn't it. even one of the five. Uh, yeah. Dermot, I think, was fifth. Uh, okay. Sirianni was fourth and McDermott was fifth. Well, I mean, like Mike McDaniel was up there for a while too. Dan Campbell yeah. had it, you know, so I don't, I'm not yeah. going to get all like offended by it or whatever. I thought the real one was Geno Smith being listed as the comeback oh, player. Yeah. I mean, they got to define what that actually means because he didn't come back from anything. He had a, he had a breakout year, right? Mm-hmm. He was the most improved player in the NFL. He didn't come back from anything. The only thing he came back from was sitting on the bench. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so that's how you, you know, the award is always given to somebody who's like, who overcomes yeah, yeah. adversity or they broke their, you know, fibula the year before or whatever. Gino just sat there, right? So he didn't give, put him in the most improved category, like the breakout player. The year Brandon Graham had a career high in sacks at age 34 coming off an Achilles. So, yeah, he came I, back from giving Russ water. That's really what Geno Smith did this year. That's what he did. Uh, though I do have a gripe about Dable. I have a gripe about Dable. I they were seven and a half. They were their win total was seven and a half in Vegas. They won nine. They came in third in their division. Yeah, but keep keep in mind the win total that you're seeing is is not designed to be a prediction, but rather to garner enough votes on either side of the number. I understand that, but like I just no. When we when we looked at that Giants team beginning of the year, did anybody really think they were a playoff team? 
and they want to they want no, a playoff no. game. But like, but you look at it and like the odds they, right there. Like they're the third in the division. Like Dable just gets gets completely obliterated in the playoffs by Nick I, Sirianni. I know it's talent versus talent. It's not yes. really like there's only so far coaching can go. But like I just like I just can't believe a Nick Sirianni led team who went. 14 and one when his backup when his backup quarterback wasn't in nobody expected anything for this team they expected playoffs but like 10 and six or 10 and seven excuse me maybe like we're going up a nine and eight year going from 14 and three in the number one seed and to not even get consideration for the top three like you don't have to win the award but like to not even get consideration for the top three is insane to me the problem is that you have kind of a catch 22 here because you know the voting is done before the playoffs right you know, and so it doesn't take into account any any run that you go on. So, um, you know, you're never telling the the full story of a season when you vote for coach of the year, X of the year, or Y of the year, or whatever, right? But then if you did it differently and you waited for the playoffs to complete, like you'd only ever have like two or three candidates every year because like by nature you would vote for the guy who won the Super Bowl or took his team to the Super Bowl or to the NFC Championship game or something, you know? So I don't know if there's a better way to – to, to do it like maybe wait until the divisional rounds over and then you do the voting from there because it just seems like you know it's just silly that a guy who could who has a chance to take his team to the super bowl and go plus what were the eagles last year nine and eight and then they so they went plus five wins you know just because they went from here to here and another team went from here to here i mean it's still a, a huge year to year improvement that the eagles made from from last year to this year so i, I don't you know it's again i just think it's like the same thing that we same thing we were talking about, like when Cooney was on here. There's so much ambiguity with the with the voting. I think because people just kind of set their own parameters, make their own definitions. You know, there's no real definition for what comeback player of the year means. You know, so it's like the same. It's like, but I think they do it right in in hockey and yeah, when they have the Masterton. You know, because it's more kind of, I think everybody kind of understands a little bit more of what you're looking for in in that that category. Yeah, I mean the master the one that the Masterton knows is you got to. Um, they at least outline. They give you a definition of what they're looking for. Yeah. And I'm not certain that, and I can't say this with any certainty, but I'm not certain that the NFL has an actual description when it's time to vote what you're looking to vote for, when, uh, to how to describe it as a comeback player, right? I, mean, I don't know if they sit there yeah. and say what the what they what they want you to consider when you're making yeah. your vote. Whereas yeah. in hockey, they do, they do give you that description. No, it's like so. it's like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man. I mean, you guys, it's not even the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame anymore. I, here I go on this tangent again, but it's like you gotta have some kind of criteria. Or at least like with the baseball guys, it's like okay, to tell me like like what what like give us guidelines on on steroids or something, you know? Because the, because all you were doing is just leaving it up to to people to make their own determination on it you know i feel like that's what happened with gino here even saquon like saquon had a huge year but he missed like four games last year. he had like the ankle injury right he played 13 games last year you know if you look at a continuation of him only playing like two the year before okay like over the course of 24 months he's had this amazing comeback but in a, in a singular year what mccaffrey did was much more impressive than what, what saquon did right so i don't i i i think it goes to McCaffrey, but I don't know. We'll see if the see what the people feel about Gino. I don't know. I just think it's uh, you guys know I'm a Gino guy. I just thought it was ridiculous that he was up there because oh, yeah. in order to be the comeback player, you have to come back from something. So huge Gino guy, not a huge Owen Schmidt guy anymore. Sad to see. No, I love Owen Schmidt, but you're talking about I mean, like fullback player. You're like, oh well, you know, you love this guy. It was a fullback, yeah, in 2005. Huh. You know, 17 20- years ago. I mean, we still had. Uh, I think the Eagles had yet to even sign like Leonard Weaver. 
to the team. Twenty-two year old want to kick thirty-seven year old Kevin Kincaid's ass right now. So <laughs> let's uh, let's bring on our guest. Let's see what she has to say about Nick Sirianni getting snuffed <laughs> for the coach of the year. <laughs> How are you, Steph? Hey guys, how are you? Thanks for coming on. This is uh, Stephanie Lagrosa Kendrick, three-time Survivor player, runner-up in Guatemala, known as probably one of the greatest women competitors ever in Survivor history, and then on the new show, Traders, now on Peacock. I got to tell you, my mother loves Survivor. My girlfriend watched Traders within 72 hours. I just can't, I can't get away from you at all. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you for having me, though. No, no. Th- thank you. Thank you for coming on. So you haven't really done, you know, competitive reality TV in a while. What made you want to get back into uh, into doing it? So, yeah. So it's been a while. I mean, I did the first Survivor 18 years ago. Um, I was a lot younger. And um, when I met my husband, Kyle Kendrick, who played for the Phillies, um, you know, I kind of put it all in the back burner because we got, you know, your life becomes theirs and it has to be because you move sometimes three times a year. And, um, you know, if you want them to be successful, you support that. And I was okay with that. Um, so we, and we did just that, you know, he played for almost 10 years and we had three kids and I was a mom and I moved and I spent most of my time being a mom. Um, but I always said to Kyle, you know, when you're done playing, you know, if and when that time comes and the opportunity, you know, comes around for me and it's right for our family, it's a good opportunity. Like, I'm I'm going to take that opportunity because, you know, th- I was somebody kind of before I met him. And, you know, sometimes you can lose yourself in all that. Not that, you know, I did, but I just always felt that I, you know, you know, I like being who I was. Yeah. I, I liked being independent and um, not just being like Kyle Kendrick's wife. So anyway, long story short, the lady that casted me for Survivor, Lynn Spillman, who's actually a Philly girl, believe it or not, she lives out in L.A., called me and she was like, listen, because uh, they had called me a bunch of times for Survivor and Dancing with the Stars and things like that. And I just, I couldn't do it either. I was pregnant, just had a kid, amazing race. Kyle couldn't do it because MLB wouldn't allow it. So she called me. Yeah. So I had multiple opportunities. It's not like I'm just, you know, going to do every single show. It has to be the right time. Um, And she called. She said, listen, I got the show. You know, I know you have three little kids, but I know Kyle's done now. And he's kind of around. And you only have to be gone like 10 days. So, you know, she told me about it. So that was the first one. So that was Snake in the Grass. That aired, you know, over the summer. I filmed that last December. So that was my first time back in like 12 years, back in reality. So, yeah, I mean, I'm older now. I'm 43. I'm not 24. I've got three kids. You know, it's, it's a different mindset. You know, you, you don't feel like you're invincible. Like, oh, if I fall off a cliff, I'll be fine. Um, and then uh, that was kind of it. Like, I was like, okay, that was cool. I was gone for almost, you know, two weeks and left the kids. And it, it worked out. And then traders called. And I actually said no at first because, you know, it was like my son's first Holy Communion and I had to be there like that night. And I was like, no, I can't leave. You know, I, I'm hosting a luncheon and all this. And my son was in the car and he's like, that sounds like a really cool show, mom. You should do it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I can be gone up to 30 days in Scotland. Like I've never left my kids that long. Yeah. So he and Kyle actually convinced me to do this. And I was, I was gone. You know, I guess, I don't know, there's going to be spoilers, but if you go far, you're gone almost the whole time. And I went <laughs> far, so I was gone almost the whole yeah, time. You, you made it to the next to last episode, right? <laughs> yeah, next right. to last episode. Spoiler alert, but you're there for a while. Um, 
and the one thing I wanted to ask you about the show, and I watched all 10 episodes and, you know, I got into the show. I thought it was really cool. And I know it's kind of similar. It was another game in Europe, I guess, in the Netherlands or something before um, before it was uh, aired here. Um, and uh, but it's it's very akin to like that board game Mafia and then Secret yes. Hitler, like those yeah. games. It's very, very cool concept. So that's why I was into it. But then I'm watching, and, I, and you know, I've always said to myself, man, this is something I would always love to do. And then I watched you guys get buried alive, and I said, yeah. oh, hell oh hell no. <laughs> oh, hell no. Yep. They put you in a grave for an hour, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a legit hour that you were you were under and buried you under dirt and everything. Like, this this is no no joke, right? You were under the ground for an hour. So, they, so here's how it went. We were, like, all in the group. I think we were all still there, 20 of us, because, you know, tense – celebrities or reality people, 10 civilians. And he says, whoever is not afraid of tight spaces, raise your hand. So I immediately just raised my hand because I'm not claustrophobic. Things like that don't bother me. So of course we know nothing about it. Like we have no clue what we're getting into. So he's like, okay, you six come with us. So we get there and we're like, are you, I mean, there's smoke, there's grave dirt, there's actual coffins open. And they did lower them down and cover us with dirt. And they did, like, it was dark and it was dirty and there were bugs. And I was, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good with that kind of stuff. But people that are truly claustrophobic would have, like, panicked and freaked out. Now, they, they had heart monitors on us, though. Oh, really? You don't know yeah. how to react. Yeah. And they, there were medical there, like, kind of watching them. So if they needed to get us out quick. But my team, of course, was the wor- like the last team. They went the wrong way to the map. Like I'm like, the whole time I have the walkie-talkie, they don't even show it because I'm just down there doing nothing. Like, hello. <laughs> I was like singing the wheels on the bus. Like I was like, hello, hello, hello. Like, because the whole point is to direct them to you. It's like a scavenger hunt. Like give right. them clues. I mean, I still never got out. At the end, I was literally kicking with my legs as they were like lightening the dirt. And as I kick, the dirt's coming in. I'm like, oh gosh, don't do that. That's not. <laughs> was it like was it like in uh, Kill Bill when Uma Thurman is in the the coffin and she's trying to get out or something? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. That's literally what it was like. Yeah, it wasn't. Crazy. It's a weird show because it wasn't like my coffin against your coffin. It's like you want everybody to get out on time because that you need more money. Each coffin was worth five mm-hmm. grand. Yeah. Oh, you want to put the money in the pot because whoever gets to the end wins all the money. So yeah, everybody technically should be helping and not like, I don't know if you saw snake in the grass, but the snake tries to sabotage all the challenges. Right. Right. No, that was cool. It was, it was, it was really cool. Um, You got, you kind of got onto uh, one of the traders pretty quick. Uh, You, you were like onto Cody pretty, pretty fast. Right. Or Cody. Yeah. So Cody, (laughs) And I knew it because I just did a stake in the grass and they made me the snake. And right. I acted if I was a traitor, just like Cody. So they show him actually on the show. His edit is pretty cool and calm and collected until we, you know, get on that episode, which wouldn't take like six faithfuls going right. home. <laughs> yeah. You can't be too loud and boisterous because then the traders get together and get vote you out. So you kind of have to get the numbers, but you kind of got to be cool about it. So I knew from the first second, it was him because he would be really cool and talk to me at the challenges. And then as soon as we would get like in the castle, he'd be like a weirdo. Like he would just be totally like, he constantly like, I don't know. I'm just not sleeping good. I have stomach pain. Like he was, he was a wreck. He literally was a wreck, the poor thing. And so I kept like saying to different people even sooner. I mean, it was like episode one. Yeah. Cody's definitely a traitor. I trust me. I know this because I'm not a good liar, and I couldn't talk about snake in the grass because I was like a non-disclosure. I was like, but 
listen, he's, we're both from like the Jersey, I'm from Philly, he's from Jersey. Like we both went to the same universities, Temple yeah. and we're Italian Catholics. Like he should have wanted to be my best friend and he <laughs> would want it to be like a challenges, but then he wouldn't like be yeah. because he knew he was like, Oh, I'm a traitor. I can't like get too close to her. Like, so I mean, fine. There was a lot. So those round tables sometimes would go up to like two hours. Holy cow. Damn. Yeah. So there was a lot that went into that. And that's why he was kind of like shaking and crying. And that's why like, I was one of the first to like hug him. Cause I called him out. Like I was like, Cody, yeah. I know. Like, I'm sorry. And <laughs> like, I felt so, he was so relieved to go though, because to carry that burden, the whole, cause it's like you're playing a double game. I mean, yeah. unless you're really good, like, Sari really is good. Like, she can pretend yeah, she's good. not. Yeah. That's very hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's how, really awesome. um, so now that you talked about the round tables, I got to know how long is tribal council? It, tribal council is just, it's, it can be like two hours, it can be four hours. Like, it's brutal. <sighs> It's brutal, and you're exhausted. Yeah. So is that so that when 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 like people are getting emotional and people are talking and they're starting to go at each other, it's because you guys have been there for like two to four hours. You're like, let's wrap this up. We really got like everyone's just like heightened. There's so much that goes on, and then like right before you go in, everybody's trying to talk, and then sometimes you're allowed to talk, and sometimes they're like no gag order, and you still don't have an answer because they want you to save it for the round table. And you walk in that room, and it's freezing cold. First of all, Scotland was freezing the whole Mm -hmm. time. You can tell. You can tell. You guys were frigid. We were, we were absolutely freezing. The doors were open because crew was coming in and out. You know, of course, you don't see. So we were always cold. Your nerves are shot if you're a faithful or a traitor because you're just really trying to figure it out. So you're like hardly eating, even when they give you food. And you get in that room and they played that song on like full blast from the Hunger Games, like that tree, like any tree song. Yeah. yeah. On the show. So you're there for a solid three minutes just like looking at each other like okay we're about to go to war now because you know kate who would have been an obvious traitor just the way she acted the whole time yeah like was just the shitty excuse my french faithful at yeah. like, uh, like, i couldn't stand we're, her we're well you know like some people love her and some people hate her her, edit, her edit was perfect for the villain yeah. That's the thing. Like, yeah. that's like that's her, I mean, you know, Bravo personality. And I don't know her that well outside of the game. Like, I just don't. But, you know, I tried to get to know her and I tried to – and I get along pretty much with it, everybody. Guys, right. girls, just do it. It's just the way I grew up. I was the youngest of five. I just was kind of like a peacemaker. I don't like confrontation. And she was just a lot at times. She threw money <laughs> over the fence at one point. It's like $500, like, $500. I didn't, I didn't even understand her whole point. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I still don't understand yeah. her. Actually, not understand. No. Okay. On, yeah, I didn't get it I, either. I get it. Like, only one person may win, but maybe not. Like, are you – you came to play a game. Go on the Housewives if you yeah. want to. Like I, I just was a little confused. That that's all. But especially honestly, someone who works on a on a boat for a living. I mean, that's like throwing a <laughs> throwing a crew member overboard or something like that. Like right. Yeah, you know, I didn't watch Below Deck. Like I don't. I didn't even watch Cody on uh, Big Brother. And I only knew Rachel because she was just on Snake with me. And actually, Rachel and I were against each other on Snake. So when I first saw her, I was like, Oh, great! Like she's gonna be freaking out again. But we ended up being like, because I knew she was a faithful, and she knew I was. Like you just. You could tell. Yeah. And deep down, I mean, I kind of thought Suri might be, 
But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go there yet because if anything, we'll have an unspoken, like, I'll keep you safe. You keep me safe. Like, let's just try to get far and then we'll deal with it. But another one I knew was Christian. Yeah. Like I book and I wrote him down from the beginning, but you have to get the numbers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Did you, did you get a sense that you were, when it was time for, for you to be quote unquote murdered uh, uh, in the show? Did you, did you know it was coming? Did you kind of get the sense it was coming? So I had completely figured it out by then. I didn't know Ari was re- recruited, but I had completely figured it out by then. And in fact, what I say on my speech is this is Suri's handwriting. Yeah. Because only she would know how to spell my name right. And they, they don't show that. But, um, you know, it was kind of like, and I'm, I'm really not a crier, but when I like get mad, I cry. So I was just like, <laughs> had we got Christian instead of Rachel, you know, it would have yeah. been just a different ball game. And, and when, when Sari turned on Rachel, I was like, oh. And then I tried to tell Quentin by the fire. I was like, okay, so listen, um, it's definitely Christian. And you might want to consider others. And I didn't say any names. And he still, like, was wrong. Like, so proudly wrong every single vote. <laughs> I was like, okay. You, uh, you had an alliance with Kyle. Like, you guys actually, like, came to the, like, you got, you guys were, like, on Cody from, like, the start, like you said. He yeah. owns he owns Loverboy. Sending any free Loverboy cases down to Florida anytime soon? <laughs> so, so I didn't know who Kyle was. I You're not a Summerhouse person? You're not a Bravo person, are you? No, I don't really like watch. I know. I, I love I, Summerhouse. I did watch afterwards and I follow him and some of his castmates now and all that. But no, I'm really not. So I'm like, you own what? You know, we live in Florida. <laughs> Like, we're always boating. Like, I need good booze with, like, low show content. Like, what do you got? So I have ordered so much Loverboy. <laughs> Loverboy, and I do love Loverboy, and I have a code for a discount and everything. <laughs> Every now and again, I post it on my stories, and Kyle, my husband loves, like, his espresso martini. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's great. That's Kyle, great. Yeah, I text Kyle every time, Kyle, cook. We're drinking. I'm like, picture me, Kyle. He's like... Kyle, like he's never even met Kyle. <laughs> we had an alliance pretty early on. Like he just trusted me. I just trusted him. And I I would talk to him about Christian. They never show it. And then that's why he came to me right away. And he's like, I think Christian just totally outed himself. Oh no, Cody. He goes, I think Cody just totally out totally outed himself. And that's why they showed that. But it's right. like it's hard, you know, there's so much that goes into it, and you have to edit it all into like one hour or right. partials. Yeah. I got, I got, a, I got a question because I, I want, because I didn't tell these guys. I wanted you to kind of, kind of tell them. I do remember talking to you. Um, obviously, you were, you were Delco's baby back in the day when I was writing the stories and covering Survivor and covering Stephanie getting, uh, you know, almost winning a million dollars. But um, I remember you telling me that like how rough it was on your body and and, and the things that like things that changed in your life, just in your day to day life at home. Mm-hmm. um after being on survivor so i wanted that i wanted you to share just a couple of those things things that are still to this day i think probably that you do differently now that maybe you didn't do before you were on survivor i mean i you just you don't realize how little you can live without you know and being out there just with nothing just the clothes on your back um it you come home to all this stuff right 
So you just realize that one of the biggest things for me, and it's just kind of a funny thing, like if we go boating, like I kind of have PTSD, like I still am like, do we have water? Do we do we bottle water? Because like you can live without wow. food and not yeah. live without water. And Kyle's always like, you know, first of all, he's from Seattle and like he's such a <laughs> I'm talking about, but he is like really not a great boater. So he never <laughs> ever. And I'm like, Kyle, how do you not have like a case of water just sitting in one of your little cooler things? And he's like, well, we're fine. We're just going like right across there. We're like, do you know how many times he has beached that boat and we've been stuck? <laughs> and I'm like, good thing I brought the water. So, you know, like I, I do, I start getting like frantic. Like if we ever get stuck anywhere, do we have water? Um, I always bring like, I'm always, my friends all make fun of me. Like I'm always packed like, well, let me just bring, like, just in case, just an extra hat and an extra pair of, like, socks because my feet were always freezing. Like, the little things. and Or even just, like, you, an- you don't sleep on a pillow, do you? And I don't sleep on a pillow anymore. Like I Because sleep of Survivor. And from Survivor. Wow. And I sleep completely covered, like, with the sheets. Like, I can barely breathe because I was so – because I used to keep my buff over my face yeah. because I woke up once and there was, like, some nasty thing just sitting. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I would have, that would not been good. So literally like there are times my kids come in or Kyle and they're like, mom, like they have to like take stuff off my head. That's crazy. So you were the runner up in Guatemala, made it to the final travel council. I'm always so interested. So for survivor Guatemala, you make it to the runner up. You're obviously doing your, uh, the jury's talking to you guys and everything. Then they vote. Probst takes the container, whatever, and he gets in his little shot of the helicopter and everything. He's got a beautiful new fake tan. His hair is all gelled <laughs> up. You guys are, gel- are are all done up and stuff. So, like, they they vote. You go home and you can't talk to anybody about what happened on Survivor for how long? It's brutal. It's it's sometimes it's like six months till the finale. And it's I, one of the most popular shows in the world. So, like, it's not it, like people it, don't know that it, you're not it, on it. So they are so tight-lipped. Like, there are, like, crazy Survivor, like, fans that come and try to get, like, like, they they have full perimeter security. and People try to, like, fly over just to get a look of, like, who's left, just to get it online for the spoilers. Like, it's crazy. But when, when, when I got out of Guatemala, they flew us out the next day. So everybody voted. And I kind of knew I, I, you know, I wasn't going to win. I kind of knew I yeah, thought yeah. more than one vote because really Bobby John should have voted for me. Cause I'm the only reason he made it to the jury. He begged me, please, please let me make the jury this time. And they wanted to go one right before. And I was like, no guys, let's just let them like be on the jury. So I thought that would at least be, no. Anyway. So you go back to this place called Ponderosa and I had just come out of the game. So they have all like your favorite things, like, you know, a glass of wine, a steak, Doritos, whatever you want. And we get back to Ponderosa and like, no one's really talking to me. <laughs> Only just Rafe, like nobody yeah. else, you know? And I'm like telling Danny, like, you know, good job, congratulations. And people like, you know, they give you a hug, like, oh, great job. And then they walk away. And so I kind of knew right then, like I probably didn't win this thing. And then we leave, we fly out. We're not supposed to talk to each other, whatever. And then we all show up for the reunion show, which mm-hmm. is part of our contract. And we all look like fat on TV compared to what we looked like. We're back to our normal weights, but everybody kind of looks bloated and swollen. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then they just cut to that. And it's like Jeff walks in with the votes and the votes are read live. Like our families are in the audience. It's like a whole big deal. And it's brutal to have to relive that like six months later and wait six months to know you lost or won. 
And then I had to go on all the morning shows with Danny while she got her million dollar check. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of just rubbing it, rubbing salt in the room there. How did uh, how did life change after? I feel like you have to be the most popular person to walk into a Barnaby's in Delco. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I used to work there. Do you know that? That's um, awesome. I mean, I feel uh, like every that, that was like kind of like a rite of passage in Delco. Like, you know, <laughs> you got to work at one of the Barnabies. Yes, yes. I love that you brought that up. I mean, it was pretty cool for me because, uh, you know, Delco girl, hometown yeah. girl, and I was on it twice. And, you know, I, they brought me back to back. Like, if they if they were smart, they would have gotten rid of me right away. Mm-hmm. No, but right. you know, they did on Heroes Villains. I was second to go, so <laughs> yeah. they figured it out. So, so I got I got to ask you: um, this past year's Phillies run, were you guys all in? Like, were you guys all part in. of it? Did you guys come up at all, or and take we part? Came up, we came up as a family and went to one for like the first playoff round, uh-huh. and then my son and Kyle actually went to one of the World Series games, Game Three or whatever that one was. Won that one, yeah, yeah, that was awesome, yeah. Yeah. So we were all in my son. He's nine. He's huge into baseball. He loves it. Um, he, know, he watches constantly. He Googles his dad. Like it's just finally awesome. clicking because he played. So it's a cool. His cousins live in Jersey. So they're huge Philly fans, mm-hmm. you know, because my brother's from Philly. So right. It's right. It, that was awesome. Like Philly sports teams, by the way, kind of, like are killing it. What is going on? This is. I'm, no. I'm, yeah. It's awesome. Right. Yes. It's a very fun time. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, and he doesn't get your son doesn't get any grief at school or anything, right? Down in down in Florida because he roots for the. I mean, I'm sure they're Rays fans down there, aren't they? Most people in your area. <laughs> Where most people are Rays, and Kyle scouted for the Rays last year. Oh, Kyle Senior. Oh. So it's kind of funny, but um, no, like sometimes he gets picked on. Like, oh, was your dad in the big leagues? He wasn't that good, you know. <laughs> Hey, like, can you save it? Like, you yeah, know. he should bring in his World Series rings. Like, your your father have this one, right? They, they, they found his ring, right? That was a great story. I, Kyle, yeah. I don't know if you know that he yeah. had lost his ring and they found it in a swamp in Washington or something, right? I mean, is that, he's that not crazy? a good voter. You're right. <laughs> no, they they got into our safe. Also, his fault. But I'm not even going to bury him. He's such a nice guy. Anyway, the, they were like career thieves. Took all this stuff, and eventually, when the police in Mount in Mount Vernon, Washington, they did a wonderful job. Caught on to them, they the guys started like playing against each other for less jail time. So they told the police where the ring is, and they threw it into this swamp in a little like Mentos container. So they dredged with like seining nets, like the swamp, and they got the ring back. Oh my God! Isn't that crazy? crazy. Yeah, it's a crazy story. Those things have like stuff in them where you can track them, so you can't oh. really like hold or like if they were to try to sell it yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. there's something in it where yeah. not tracked but where you could they could be caught trying right. to pawn it in other words so they had to get rid of it so we got it crazy you, guys I, are you know you, you know what else you probably you guys probably don't know and i'm gonna i'll let stephanie tell the story how how her and kyle right. met like at first she was just like nope <laughs> We're, yeah, we're mean, not doing this. I'm not. We're not. I'm not going out on a date with you. And then all of a sudden, and then they became. Yeah, they got married, and they've been married three kids for 13 years now, right? Something along those lines. So it's fun. Like the funny story is the, the initial meeting, and was just like, no way, no way, Jose, right? No way, no, uh, no way. I just was like, no, you're like 12, and I'm like, I graduated college and worked and been through like 20 survivors. Like, it's not happening. <laughs> I, he was like, please. And like, fine. One date, my restaurant, I'm paying. If I don't like you, you're leaving. He was the nicest guy. Like, the nicest yeah. guy. 
I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but I mean, he was young. He was 23, just turned 24. I was 20, almost eight. Like we're four and a half years apart. And he, he got drafted out of high school. Like it's a different thing when you like go to college, get a job. Like I, you know, very. So w- when you're filming overseas for 30 days at a time, is he good with the kids by himself or does he call the grandparents in for backup like immediately? <laughs> so, so let me tell you what happened. So 30 days, I'm gone. My parents are snowbirds. So they actually live in New Jersey now and then they're down here. They actually, my parents, anytime I say I'm going to go on a rally show, they're like, oh, for the love of God, again, like they can't, you know, they're old school. Like you get a job, you go to work, you get married, you raise your kid, you stay home, you iron your clothes, you know, very like old school, make dinner every night, the whole thing, which I do do like all of that stuff, but I still like to go on a reality show if it's, you know, if it's a good thing for me and my family. So, um, I go. I, we, we have a cleaning lady that comes twice a month. Like I really do do like everything. And Kyle helps out a lot too. So I hire. Do you clean for the cleaning lady? That's a big Italian thing. (laughs) Yes. That's wild. That's so wild. I make sure at least all the kids like clothes are hung right and stuff. (laughs) They are supposed to do their own disaster. Yeah. I do straighten for the cleaning lady. She does like the deep clean. Anyway, long story short, I say to Kyle, I'm going to have Susie come every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just for two hours in the morning, because you're going to be busy, like getting breakfast, packing lunches, getting the kids off, go work out, go do something, come back. She'll at least like clean up breakfast and like fold the laundry and put it away. Cause that's like a lot, just two hours, three times a week. I come home from Scotland. My daughter's room looks like it has laundry from a year all over. I don't even know. I'm like, he's like, Oh no, no I told Susie. I canceled Susie. I told her I got it. He, <laughs> Thought he was Mr. Mom. My son, like the first morning, I like wake up from getting back after like because of the time change. He's like, "Wait a minute, where's the Chick Fil A for breakfast?" I'm like, oh. "He's like Chick Fil A. Daddy got to yeah. be Chick Fil A every day for breakfast. Yeah. Like, yeah. Eat Uber Eats, yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the kids." <laughs> I mean, they were alive. He did a great job. Most dads, I don't think they could even do that. Yeah, let's just say, let's just say that when I had the kids for a full week, there was a lot of uh, Disney Plus and yep. uh, I think went Wendy's and, and and all that stuff. But we, we, but you know, it's we we made it through and everybody was uh, was all good. Oh, yeah, I've got a um, I've got a funny Survivor story, um, Craig. If you have that graphic ready, so I, I don't know if you guys remember the guy who won like Survivor in the very first year was uh, Richard Hatch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who became like a celebrity at that point? He um, ended up in jail for uh, tax evasion. Yes, and um, his low. He was in like a minimum security prison, uh, like five minutes up the road from me when I was in college. He was in the Federal Correctional Institute in Morgantown, West Virginia, which you can see right here. Um, is that doesn't, a baseball look field? At, doesn't look at all like a jail, does it? It's got no. a baseball field. There's not a single fence on the property. It looks more like a small college. It looks like uh, Moravian <laughs> University or something. You know? <laughs> nothing, uh, no security about it. But that was the funny thing. It was like we. It was. It was on the same street as like a mall that we would all go to down there. So we'd always joke. We'd be like, Hey, Richard Hatch is locked up like five minutes down the road. If we want to try to bust him out here or something. But yeah, this was, this was his like minimum security prison in Morgantown. He could just drive in and out. It looks like, it looks more like a neighborhood, like an assisted yeah. living community. Yeah. Something, something, something like that. Like, yeah. Really nice. Wait, why was he in Morgantown? Is he from there? No, he's no, from Rhode he- Island. I believe. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's just because it's federal, right? It's a federal prison. It's just federal, and they were, yeah. you know, he was, it was a, it was a white collar crime, right? He wasn't, he wasn't. Richard Hatch was not considered like a violent, you know, offender or whatever, right? right. So they just, so they, they, I guess they just assigned him here. But it was just, it was just like weird the whole time in college. It was like, oh yeah, Richard Hatch is over there somewhere. You know? That's hilarious. You know, I've been to Morgantown a lot. Yeah. The West Virginia Mountaineers. Right. Benny Becht, who's a local Delco boy, mm-hmm. played for WVU. That's with his sister, and we used to go watch them play all the time. Yeah, yeah. Small world. It's fun. Yeah. There ain't much to do except go to the games, I'll tell you that. So fun. <laughs> That's like the number one party school, or at least it was at the time. Yeah, didn't yeah. yeah, it was. Things were much different back uh, back then. We had Richard Hatch in jail with us, and things were a lot more <laughs> things were a lot more rowdy rowdy than they are. <laughs> I got a I got one more question for you, Steph. Um, did, how, how's Kyle doing? Does he still have like PTSD? Remember Brett Myers tried to pull a prank on him and trade him to Japan? He couldn't talk about that for years. Uh, I He's over it now, and I think he like did a podcast not too long ago and talked all about it, and he was fine. With it. They showed it, and the whole thing it was good. Yeah, it was That's good. Good. That's, it was <laughs> ruthless. Great prank, but man, was it ruthless? I mean, if he really did get traded for the hot dog guy, you might have never even met him. <laughs> if you got to Japan. I never would have met him. That was it. That? Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Steph, that- good. I mean, everybody was in on it. Like, yeah. every agent, the manager, like the owners, like everything. It was, yeah. it's great That's that was great. brutal it was That's brutal great. Oh, steph yeah. we really want to appreciate you coming on I, I i know i hadn't reached out in forever and you just said absolutely let's do this this is great uh i'll be yeah. down at, i'll be down spring training in march hopefully uh we'll see you guys over at the park one day yeah. um and uh and all, i hope all the best uh you and your family and and uh yeah keep it up and hopefully we see you on another reality show sometime soon I actually have some things in the works. I won't just do any reality show. It has yeah. to be it. But um, there might be something coming up. So Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <Kyle>. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's always good to talk to everybody back home. Go Delco. Go Eagles. Yeah. Go birds, awesome. Go birds. Thanks, Steph. Go Delco. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, anything else? No, that's great. Yeah. That was fun, man. She said that um, Scotland is, is cold. Scotland is really cold. Yeah, like I, I I was there in like July or something. I was wearing a jacket in every photo, and then you look at the and then you look on the like the map or whatever. And you're like, oh shit, we're pretty far up here, you know. So yeah. Yeah. I lo- I just love the fact that Kyle Kendrick is now now his his wife is gonna like take her career back, so he's just home with the three kids. It's, it's, it's awesome. That's how it should be. Yeah, it's just nice to know that like professional athletes are like <clears throat> the same as we are you know well imagine like retiring at like 35 like like you'd be you'd if you were a professional <laughs> baseball player kev yeah. there's most likely you'd be out of the league and you're like okay what am i i i, th- I think he was even doing? younger i think he was even younger because he's, he's only like 38 right now and i think he's been out of the league for like five years six years so i think he was even yeah. younger when he when he stopped playing yeah man this career is just short man you yeah know? yeah Jeez. all right before we get out of here kev and give me a prediction for this weekend um, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think possessions are going to be uh, at a at a minimum. Uh, so I think I could see like a like a 17, 14, 17, 13, Oof. even like a 2017. But I think the Eagles win. I think the Eagles I think the Eagles have the better quarterback and they're playing at home. I think the Eagles find a way, but it's not going to be the Giants game. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just going to go on the other side slightly, but I, I'm right with I'm right in that same ballpark with Kevin. I think it's a low scoring game. It might sneak into the low twenties, um, 
just because Eagles offense is that good, but so is the 49ers. Um, but I do think it's a low scoring, tough, tough battle. I'll, if I have to give you a final, I'll go with, uh, I'll go 20, 23 to 20. That's what I'm going to go with. 30 to 10 Eagles. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel I, I, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Brock Purdy sacked four times, six, four to six times, one pick, one touchdown, 30, 10 Eagles. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Maybe we'll have Ann San Francisco on, depending how. It, Please do. Yeah. Depending on how the game goes, we will decide if we want Kyle Shanahan's buddy on or not. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for coming on. Thank you to Stephanie for coming on. Thank you to Kevin Kincaid. And enjoy enjoy the open container laws down in Georgia and Savannah as long as you can get them. Thanks to Craig uh, behind the scenes on the ones and twos. And we will talk to you on Tuesday when the birds are in the Super Bowl.